right. So, uh, so that video made some pretty powerful statements. And, um, and some powerful statements that really reveals, uh, in a lot of ways, a mindset that's, um, that's become very popular in our culture, that um, probably in a lot of cases is, is very popular in this room. And, uh, and there might be some of you that you look at those things that, uh, that were mentioned, those statements, and say, yeah, I, I, I believe that, or I have believed that, or I know people that believe that. Um, it, it feels normal. It's, it seems normal. Like that's just, you, you've come to that reality for, to whatever extent. There might be some of you guys that maybe those statements that, that were made are a little bit unsettling. A little bit like there's something about that that you went, man, it just doesn't, that doesn't sound right or that doesn't feel right. Or I don't know that I necessarily think that that's the case. And, and especially here at, at church, I don't know that's something that, that you would hear all that much or expect to hear all that much. Maybe there are some of you in the room tonight that you see those and you don't really know what to believe. I don't know if that's the truth. I don't know if those are lies. I don't really know. I mean, they, I, I've, I've, I've felt some of those things before. I've identified with some of those statements before. But I don't know if it's the right way to feel, the wrong way to feel. I don't really, I'm kind of in the middle here. And so I think for a lot of us tonight, we're, we're kind of figuring out, is it really true, some of those statements? Is it true that my life has no purpose or significance? Is it true that God is not with me or for me? Is it true that God just wants me to be happy? Is it true that this world has everything that I need? Or that God has given up on me? Or is it true that living how I want gives me true freedom? Now, when, when we are a little bit uncertain and, and, and not sure when, when we hear things, when some statements are told to us and we don't know whether they're, they're truth or whether it's a lie... There's a, that's a dangerous place to be in. It's a dangerous place because if, if, if we don't have a clear understanding of what truth is, then there is confusion. And at the height of, of all of the confusion, what happens is we end up believing things that can steal and kill and to destroy. And all of those, those things that we sometimes buy into, those, those lies that can steal, kill, and destroy, are given to us by our enemy, Satan, the father of lies, who is, is, his goal is to steal and to kill and to destroy. And one of the, the statements or one of the, um, the names that's given to Satan, our enemy, is the father of lies. And one of the things that makes him so good at what he does is he presents things to us then on the surface, either we identify with or we feel or we say, man, I, I, I've, I've felt that before or other people are, are telling me that that's the case. And so and in some cases, they're, they're enticing or they, they f- we feel like they're going to lead us to a, a, a better life or more significant life. And so we buy into those things only to discover that rather than giving us joy and happiness, they actually steal and kill and destroy And what they actually do at the, at the end of it is those, the, the way that we were meant to live, the, the freedom and the joy and, and the significant life that we were meant to, to live, those things start to rob us of that. And we actually experience a life quite differently than that. Now, that's what makes this series that we're, we're starting tonight 
so important. Six truths that will change your life. Six statements that if we will put them into practice, if we will believe them, if we will allow these truths to sink into our, not just our minds, but into our hearts, they will lead us away from the lives that that we've believed for far too long. And in some cases, we believe these lies for so long, and they become such a part of our mindset and our worldview and everything that we don't even realize that they're lies in the first place. Now, let's face it, you and I believe in lies every single day. All right, now they may, be, they may not be all that significant. In some cases, they might, might have huge ramifications for our lives. But we believe lies every single day. For example, we believe that, man, if, if Kanye was president, this country would be so much better off. Right? We see that VMA statement in a couple weeks ago, much better. All right, we might believe that, might believe that. We might believe that, and I'm sorry to pick on her, this is the second time in the last few weeks, but we might believe that Kim Kardashian has anything whatsoever that has any relevance to our lives. (laughs) We might feel like she has anything important to say, all right? We, um, We might believe the lie that country music is actually good. Oh, I struck a chord there. Man, don't beat me up. Apparently, apparently, there's a lot of you that have believed that lie. We, um, we might believe sometimes the lie that Georgia's going to win the national championship in football this year. I'm trying to get booed out of here tonight. Or, or we might believe, we might believe that the Braves are actually better than the Mets. And for, in most years, you're probably right, but give me this one year, all right? Let me enjoy it. We're going to the playoffs. We're going to win it all. It's going to be amazing. Maybe for some, maybe for some of you ladies in the room, all right? You're sitting in your room late at night and you've got Taylor Swift on and you're like, man, it's like, it's like she's peered into my soul and she's feeling all the things that I feel. How did she know that I felt that same way when that boy did that to me? And we believe that Taylor must, she must have some kind of like, you know, whatever, sixth sense or whatever thing that she, where she can just, she knows our heart and she wrote lyrics based on how we feel. Or maybe for you ladies, or even for you guys, maybe you, you, um, you ladies, you feel like, man, that, that guy you're crushing on, you know, he's, you're going to marry him one day. Or, you know, for you guys, that girl that you're crushing on, or, you know, whatever, even though she's got a boyfriend, she's going to leave him, and you're going to be happily ever after. It's going to happen. You just know it. You just know it. See, we can believe all kinds of lies, right? And they can, and they can be... Lies that don't really have all that much impact in our lives. But here's the thing, listen. If we're not careful, we can believe significant lies that can have a lot of damaging consequences to our lives. Lies like, my life has no purpose or significance. 
Now that statement, if we're honest tonight, that statement is probably one of those things that most, if not all of us, have felt at some point or another. If, if you have walked into the room tonight feeling that, like, man, I just, I feel like I'm, you know, a waste of space, or I don't really matter, I don't have any importance or significance, then you're not the only one. I think most, if not all of us, have probably felt that at some point or another. And this is, this, this lie in particular, and why we're starting with this, is this is a huge, huge deal. This lie is a foundational lie. All right? In other words, this, this impacts the very core of who we are. I mean, when we don't feel like we have purpose, when we feel like our life is meaningless, then it, imp- it has such a negative ripple effect on every area of our lives. And if the enemy can get us to believe this lie, then it's a whole lot easier for him to get us to believe other lies as well. Thomas Carlyle says this, he says, The person without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder. I mean, a ship without a rudder that just kind of wanders, you know, or sits still in the ocean isn't serving any purpose at all. And when we don't feel like we have purpose, when there's, there's no clear direction, we don't understand the destination or what it is that we're trying to accomplish or where it is that we're headed, then that has a, a, negative, a serious negative impact on the rest of our lives. Now, I want you to, to imagine a scenario for just a minute, all right? Imagine you, you're hiking out in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, all right? You're hanging out, hiking, doing whatever you do when you're hiking, whatever. So you're hiking in the Rocky Mountains, all right? Enjoying life, staying away from bears. And all of a sudden, a, for, a massive forest fire comes and and surrounds you, all right, and it, it comes in so suddenly and so quick that it appears like you have no way to escape, all right, it is, it has completely surrounded you, and it, and everywhere you look, you see a, a wall of fire, and it appears like there's no way that you can get out of that situation, but what if I told you that there was only one direction that you could head that would lead you to safety. There's only one direction that you could head and it would lead to safety. If you went any other direction, it would lead to death. But if you headed in this one direction, it would get you out alive. If you headed west or if you headed east or if you headed south, you would, it would lead to your death. All right? All you would run into is fire and you'd be crispy. All right? But if you headed north you would survive. So you knew that you had to head in a certain direction. You had to make sure that you were focused in the right area and heading towards that destination in order to escape. If you knew that that direction was north, what's the one thing you need to know? <laughs> what did you say? Which way's north? All right, that critical piece of information... Is kind of, if you knew north was the right way to head, but you didn't know what direction north was, then you've got about a 25% chance or whatever of, of picking the right direction. And probably less than that. So you know that north is the direction. That's the clear destination. That's where you need to head in order to survive this. All right? Now to take this a step further, I want everybody to stand up. 
Now here's what I want you to do. Listen. You know that north is the direction that you need to head. So I want everybody to close your eyes and without looking around or cheating or whatever, I want you to point in the direction that you think is north. Don't look around, just keep your eyes closed. Point in the direction that you think is north. All right. Now open your eyes and keep pointing in the direction that you're pointing in. We got a lot of messed up people. So some of you guys, some of you are in deep trouble. Some of you are pointing in the right direction. A lot of you are not. Some of you are pointing up. <laughs> so you're going to head up. You're going to jump really high in the north direction. All right. So you know, listen, you know that north is the direction that you need to head. If you headed in that direction, you're in good shape. All right. Pat yourselves on the back. Give yourself a high five. Slap your own butt. You have just survived the forest fire. If you were pointing any other direction than that, then I'm sorry, but the outlook is not looking too good for you. Some of you, um, some of you can get out a compass later and you can learn you know, directions and all of that. It will help you, whether in situations like that or uh, other situations. Now listen, many of you would have been in trouble. Why? Because you had no idea which direction to head. You had no clear direction. You had a a small percentage chance that you could just guess. And in most cases, you would not have survived in that scenario. See, it wasn't just important to know that you needed to head in a certain direction. The point was you needed to know what direction that north actually was. Now, here's the thing. That's a lot like for us not knowing what direction to head or in in that situation. That's a lot like us not having clear purpose. Of us not feeling like we understand not only what is true, but to to understand and and feel like our life has clear direction and purpose and meaning. And what ends up happening is that it leaves us feeling like we have nothing to focus on, no direction to head. And at the end of it, whether in situations like this or in real life situations, leaves us feeling hopeless. I was, uh, I was looking this week at, um, at some stats, um, and as it pertains to, we were talking about hopelessness, as it pertains to, to suicide, and um, I don't mean to take too sharp of a turn from something goofy to something serious, but I, w- I was looking at, and, and this again comes back to illustrate how this has negative ramifications for every area of our life. There was a, a study that was done that showed that suicide is the eighth leading cause of death in the U.S. as a whole. But it's the third leading cause of death for people between the ages of 15 and 24. So there was a, this nationwide survey that, um, that was put out found that 16% of 9th through 12th grade students of, of your age group, your demographic, 
reported seriously considering suicide. 16%. So if we've got, say, 400 in the room, I mean, that's, you know, that's 50 or so of you that have, have felt that, 50 to 60 of you that have felt that before. There were 13% that reported actually going to, a, a, going to the step, a step further where they had actually come up with a plan. So they knew exactly what they were going to do and how this was going to play out. And there were 8% that reported trying to actually take their own life. Now, if, if you've studied anything about suicide and things like that, and I know for some of you guys, you, that, this, is, this is a big deal to you because you've lost people or maybe you've felt this yourself. There, there can be a lot of reasons. I mean, you, the fear of, of rejection or... Uh, disappointment in your life or, you know, a significant loss that you've, that you felt. But also something like depression, which is very common, obviously, among teenagers. And what can end up happening is that things like depression and, um, and even things like feeling like there's no purpose to your life actually leads you to a point where if, if it continues down that path where you feel hopeless. If it's not treated, if there's you know, not a, a significant thing that's done to, to pull you back uh, into a, a better situation and to help you out of that, that current situation, then it actually can take you further where you, f- you literally feel hopeless. You feel like there's no escape. And that's why it leads to, to things like suicide because you get to a point and it's untreated and, and no one steps in and helps you where you, you feel like there's no other way out than just to take your own life. Now, I, I want to I just communicate something to you guys in the room. If, if you've reached a point where you feel hopeless, whether it's gotten to a point where you, you know, have been suicidal or you, know, you would qualify yourself as, as depressed or anything like that, if, if those are just those emotions or those things that you felt, that's a reality for you. I want you to know how much you're loved. I want you to know how significant your life is. How much value you have. And what we want to be able to do is to, is to hopefully come alongside you and, and to allow you to experience hope. To feel like there is, you know what, there is purpose and meaning and significance to my life. We want you to experience that freedom. We want you to experience hope. And hope starts with, for, for all of us, whether we felt that or not, with this statement. All right, here, and here's the first truth that we're talking about. I was created with purpose and significance. This first truth of the, these six that we're saying will change your life is that statement. I was created with purpose and with significance. Now let that sink in for just a minute. Especially if that's something that you've pushed out or you've, you know, you've, you've refused to believe that or maybe you've believed something much contrary to that. Allow that reality and that truth to sink into your mind. I was created with purpose and significance. You were created with purpose and significance. You and I, the first part of that, you and I were created. What, what thing is created without a purpose? 
I mean, if there's something that just kind of randomly happens or happens by accident or whatever, then that's one thing. But there's nothing that is, that is created that the person that created it didn't do so with a purpose or a plan in mind. Hey, whatever it is that I'm creating, I've got a plan in place of how, the reason why I'm creating this thing. And so to understand that you and I were created, that we were knit together, we were put together, that God, the creator, looked at us and he created us. It wasn't just a bunch of kind of random nonsense that happened and just kind of all fell into place, but rather that God, the creator, looked and said, I am going to make you. I am going to create you. That you were put here and you were put here for a purpose. Now, Psalm 139 is, is a, a passage that speaks into that. And I love how powerful this is. And I love especially, this is the contemporary English version. And here's what it says, starting in verse 13. It says, you, meaning God, you are the one who put me together inside my mother's body. And I praise you because of the wonderful way you created me. Everything you do is marvelous. Of this I have no doubt. Nothing about me is hidden from you. I was secretly woven together deep in the earth below, but with your own eyes you saw my body being formed. Even before I was born, you had written in your book everything I would do. And how powerful is that? To know that before you and I even took a breath, we were known by the Creator. That God knew exactly what you would look like. He knew what abilities you would have. He knew exactly how your life would play out. And he knew that because he wrote your life out. He wrote your life in his book. He said, and understanding the fact that he is God and he is sovereign and he knows all. That before you were even here... God knew every single detail of your life. God put a plan in place. Man, how much significance, how much value, how much importance does that give us? Does that add to our lives to know that the creator, the supreme being, the one who is over all, that nothing happens apart from him, that nothing happen or, or, or even existed without him speaking it into existence knows us and not only knows us but knows everything about us and loves us and created us i mean paul in ephesians 4 1 he says he begs us to live a life worthy of our calling for you have been called by god So for us to live a life worthy of something means that there is something significant, something valuable, something important that we've got to live a a life worthy enough for. And it's the reason that that's the case is because we were created by God. We have been called by God. We have been purposed by God. God has looked at you and me and he said, you're no accident, you're no mistake, you're not just roaming through life with no purpose or meaning, but rather I have put you together before you were even here and I have called you and set you apart for my plan and my purpose. I was created 
with purpose and significance. Now notice it doesn't say, I created my purpose and significance. It says, I was created. See, not only is it a dangerous thing to feel like we have no purpose, but it's also a dangerous thing to feel like we've got to be the ones to create our own purpose. To have that mindset of going, you know what? I, I don't struggle with feeling like I don't have a purpose. Like, you know, I'm a man and I'm going to do my thing and I know that I've got a purpose here and I'm going to go and live my life and I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to make my own purpose and I'm going to add significance to my life and I'm going to do all of these things, X, Y, Z, and I'm going to be something. And we feel like we don't need anyone or anything else and we don't need God to tell us what we should do and and the way that we should live. We can do it ourselves. Or even in some cases, what we'll do is we'll say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna decide my plan for my life and then I'm gonna, I've got goals, I've got things I wanna accomplish and so I'm gonna live my life and I'm gonna do my thing and then I'm gonna ask God to come alongside and bless that. And that's sometimes just as dangerous as us feeling like we have no purpose at all. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11 paints a much different picture than that kind of mindset. And it's something that you guys have heard about. A lot of you guys, you may have it on your, your Twitter profile or whatever. This is your verse. Here's what it says in the New, New Living Translation. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. So God's saying, look, I'm, I'm the one that created you. I'm the one that knew everything about you before you were even here. And not only did I just create you and say, all right, now go you know, be free and go figure out your purpose and live your dreams and do whatever it is that you want to do. But I created you in the first place so that you could live out the plans that I have for you. Like, don't go do your own thing. And, and you could do your own thing. Like you could go and live your life and fulfill your dreams and accomplish great stuff. But at the end of the day, if you accomplish your own dreams and your own plans, it's not going to be as significant as if you accomplish my plans. Because what I have for you, I've created for you since before the world began. So why would you go and do your own thing and live your life when I'm the one that has created you and I've got these plans for you? And they're not just any plans, but they're plans for your good, not your disaster. They're plans to bring you a hope and a future. See, God has our present planned out, and he's also got our future planned out. God knows it all. Now, how is it that we figure out what God's plan or what God's purpose is for us? And I know this is a, a question that a lot of you guys, especially if you're, you're starting to get junior seniors and you're like, all right, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do next year or in two years. I better sort of figure this out. Mom and dad are breathing down my neck and I've got to start picking colleges and careers and all this kind of stuff. How do I know what God's plan is for me? There's two types of, of plans or purposes or even wills that God has. God has a general will or a general purpose or plan. And then he's got a specific will or specific purpose and plan for us. Now, God's general will for us is the same. 
All right, God's general purpose for every single one of us is the same thing. It is, we are here first and foremost to glorify God. That is the reason why we're on this earth. That's the reason why we exist, is to glorify God. And there are other things that God asks of us. There are other things that God plans, that God has for us, that is not just specific to us, but it's true of every single person. That God wants us to live righteously, to do what is right. That God wants us to love him. God wants us to love people. God wants us to serve others. God wants us to share the gospel. Like these are, these are general purposes or things that are true of all of us, especially for those of us that are followers of Jesus. But the second thing, and this is where some of us get tripped up, is that specific will or that specific purpose or plan for my life. What does that look like? Because the specific will is what God has planned for an individual, for that specific person. And it involves what career do I choose or what college do I go to or who am I going to marry and, you know, what, what the kids that I'm going to have or, you know, there are specific gifts that God gives us to use to carry out his purposes that he's called us to accomplish. Those are the specific things that God has given to us. So for me, as I look at what is my specific purpose, it is to glorify God, but I look at my role as being the best husband that I can possibly be for for Angie. That God's called me to love her more than myself, to serve her, to honor her, to lead her. God's called me to be the best father that I possibly can be to my three kids. Nobody else can accomplish that. That's what God has called me to do. God has called me, and I'm so blessed by that, to be the high school pastor at Westridge Church. Me to do. And you may ask, well, how did, how did you get to a point where you're standing on this stage and you, this, is, this is your specific plan? Honestly, it was a long process of me just learning to live out God's general plan. And as part of that, God revealing his specific plan to me. I mean, God didn't show up one day and go, hey, Todd, you know, some like, you know, what, I don't even know what that was. I don't know. That was like a magic trick or something like, hullabaloo, I don't know, whatever. God, God, God did not just come alongside me and go, you know, hey, Todd, I want you to do this, this, and this, and laid out the specific plan that he had for my life. God didn't do it that way. What God did for me is, as I learned what his general plan for, for me was, as I learned to begin to live that out, then God put passions and desires and specific callings in my life, and God began to lead me and guide me step by step at a time to begin to help me understand what my specific will was. So if you're in a a point where you're trying to figure out what is God's will for my life, begin living out God's general plan for you and God will reveal his specific plan for you. As long as you refuse to live out his general will, you'll never experience and see what his specific plan is for your life. I was created with purpose and with significance. How differently would it look for us if we began to believe the truth rather than the lies? And how much would our life look 
differently. If we began to see things as they should be. If we began to understand with our mind and with our heart, not the lies, but rather the truth that God has called us to. What if we took that video that we'd shown at the beginning and we reversed that? And rather than beginning to make these statements that are lies, we began to make statements that actually were true. What if that statement that we have no purpose or significance actually became the opposite? Here's what it would look like. There is hope, and it is foolish to presume that I find more joy in the world than with God. I have reason to believe that God will never give up on me, and no longer can it be said that God doesn't love me. It's clear that this world is nothing for me and is not my home. I surrender the idea that God just wants me to be happy. I have my priorities straight, and I tell the people that are closest to me I don't need God in my life is actually a lie, and I believe God is with me and for me. I realize this may be a shock, but I was created with significance and I'm loved. And I refuse to believe that I have no purpose. Man, I hope, I hope you guys catch how significant of a difference that is. To, to take six statements that we believe and maybe even to a certain extent begin to develop that mindset and begin to live out that negatively impact or change our lives become six truths that we believe that actually positively change our lives that can impact us to such an extent that we begin to experience the life that we were meant to live. In Psalm 32.8, says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. In other words, what God is saying to us tonight is, I've got you. I've got you. So head north. Head north. If you buy into the lies and believe those other things, then it will negatively impact your life and it will lead you right into the flames. But if you will believe the truth that I have created you with purpose and meaning, that you do have significance if you will follow me, if you will live out my purpose, then you will have hope. So head north. Understand that you have purpose and begin to live out that purpose that I've created you for. And for those of us who have felt hopeless or felt alone or been uncertain about our purpose or what that looks like. Man, what a game changer that is for us. To take maybe feelings of hopelessness that we may feel and all of a sudden we understand that God's going, I got you. 
I know everything about you. I love you. I made you in my image. And I've got the best plans for you. And it's better than anything that you could come up with yourself. It's better than anything that the world has to offer. And if you will just follow me, you will experience the best life that you could possibly ever experience. And this truth will change our life if we're willing to allow it to. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you do have a plan and a purpose for us. And not just for most of us, not just for the ones that are super holy or for those that that get serious about you or that go to Nicaragua or whatever the case may be, but God, that every single one of us that have walked in the room, regardless of where we're at faith-wise or what our struggles are or what we're dealing with right now or what our family situation looks like, that you have created us with purpose and significance. God, I know that there are students in the room tonight who have walked in feeling like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Who have been worn out feeling alone and hopeless like there is no meaning. Maybe even feeling depressed and maybe even wrestle with these thoughts of suicide or whatever the case may be. God, I pray that you may allow them to no longer see and believe the lies. But God, may they understand the truth of who you are. May they understand that the God of the universe spoke them into existence and has an amazing plan for us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. God, I pray that we would no longer try to do our own thing, but God, that we would surrender and submit to your plan for us. And God, as you reveal that to us, as we follow you, God, I pray that you would transform and change our life. We love you in Jesus' name, amen.